0: When I was a child, there were a number of things that would fill my little heart with dread. For example, every year as the month of August began to draw to a close, I would remember that I had actually been assigned several books to read for the summer, and I'd have about one week to read three months' worth of books, and it was dreadful. Or there was the dreadful feeling of facing an exam that would require me to memorize all sorts of dates or Or terms, Latin, history, biology, I'm looking at you, dreadful. (laughs) But the one event that sent shivers down my little adolescent spine was an event that took place twice a year in our physical education class. Sometimes they'd play fair. And they would tell you that it was coming so that you could make arrangements to be sick on that day and catch up on the latest edition of The Price is Right. But every now and then, they would just spring it on you like a trap. The one thing I dreaded more than just about anything was that day that we had to run the mile. I get weak in the knees when I think about it Still. As an avid indoorsman, I found the whole affair to be quite ridiculous. Run a mile, that's preposterous. Like that early 20th century animator, Paul Terry, my motto was anytime I feel like exercising, I just lie down until the feeling goes away. <laughs> when you are completely and totally out of shape, the mile is a golden ticket to the carnival of nausea, exhaustion, and humiliation. There are a few things I dreaded more in my adolescence than running the mile. You can imagine my shock and disappointment then when I first read what we heard read a moment ago, Hebrews chapter 12, which teaches us that this life, this life that we are on is a race. Brothers and sisters, this life is a race. The Christian journey is a race. And if you want to race well, if you want to stay on course and not wander off the path, if you want to be given a godly endurance to run this race all the way to the end, then you will need, by the grace of God, faithful obedience an enduring focus, and an openness to the Father's discipline. That's what the author to the Hebrews is giving us this morning. So let's take a look. First, this race that we are on, it requires faithful obedience. We are to be obedient to God's call to forsake our sins, to renounce them. Let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings to so closely i remember when i was first told that competitive male swimmers shave their entire bodies i thought to myself that cannot be true why on earth would a man shave his entire body that's ridiculous but of course if you think about it it makes complete sense the competitive swimmer cannot afford to have any of his energy or effort wasted in the friction that all those hairs will create in the pool and in the same way, no one in his right mind would try to run a cross-country race wearing blue jeans or a leather jacket or carrying a backpack or even a water bottle. No, he has to lay all of that aside. He can't afford to bring those things with him because to do so would, would threaten his ability to finish the race. And yet, what do we do spiritually? Spiritually we hold on to the sins which cling so closely and weigh us down. Sins like resentment and jealousy. Sins like gossip and arrogance. And yes, sins like a a crippling self-hatred or self-doubt or an ungodly sense of inferiority. Yes, all these things will weigh you down. Friends, you must set them aside. And if I could speak directly to the men, I know that that some of us men here today are being dragged down right now by some of our favorite sins that I would rather not mention by name, but you know what they are. And the Holy Spirit of God is warning you, urging you, inviting you to lay those sins aside today. Today. For my friends, there will be many who, because they have been entrapped by such sins, will not finish this race well. Brothers, sisters, is God speaking to your heart today about a sin that he's calling you, convicting you to lay aside? If you find yourself today struggling with a sin that clings so closely that you can't seem to pull it off, it's like a a, a tick that has burrowed itself into your skin, then I want to urge you and encourage you to find a Christian friend to pray with you and for you. Or make an appointment with one of our prayer ministers. We have both men and women who will spend time with you and, and keep everything you tell them in the strictest of confidence. Or reach out to one of the clergy on staff. We would be honored to to make an appointment with you and to pray with you. One of the great lies of the enemy, and you need to know that there is a spiritual enemy at work against you right now. But one of the lies of the enemy is that you have to face your sin alone, that there's no way you could tell anyone about it. And friends, that is a lie from the pit of hell because you're not alone. The Holy Spirit is in you and with you. And the Holy Spirit has brought you into a community of brothers and sisters. You are not meant to go this alone. So if you are struggling with a sin that you cannot let go, find a trusted Christian brother or sister to pray with you and for you that that shackle might be broken so that you will be set free to run the race that has been set before you. For this race requires faithful obedience to God's call to lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. Second, this race that has been set before you, it's going to require an enduring focus. One of the few camping trips I took as a child was with the Scouts just up the road above Mount Pleasant in the Francis Marion Forest. And I can remember the scoutmaster gathering us all around, and, and he had this map and this compass, and he was going to give us a lesson on navigation. But this compass was unlike any compass I had ever seen before. It had this adjustable ring that would allow you to correct for the declination between magnetic north and true north. Now, at the time, as he was explaining the difference between true north and magnetic north, I I no more understood what he was talking about than if he had been speaking in French. Didn't understand at all. But I've since come to understand that magnetic north, which the arms of the compass line up against, is not the same as true north, as in the direction that will lead you to the north pole. And if you don't understand the difference between magnetic north and true north, Then you can have the best map and compass in the world, but after a day's worth of hiking, you will find yourself lost and in trouble out in the wilderness, far from where you intended to go, miles off course, with no hope of finding where you are on that map. You wanted to go north, but your compass took you in the direction of magnetic north, and they are not the same direction. After the last service, a retired serviceman pulled me aside and he said, you know, um, I'll tell you, um, if you don't understand the difference between magnetic north and true north, it's not that you'll just get lost, but you'll find yourself behind enemy lines. I thought, boy, that's a word from the Lord. This is often what happens in a midlife crisis. It happens when someone thinks that they've charted the course of their life and their family's life in the proper direction, when in reality, they've been following the attraction of magnetic north. And at midlife they finally stop to catch their breath and they they look up at their surroundings and they realize that they have completely lost their way as has their family who is following along behind them. But the author to the Hebrews is telling us here and now that we've got to chart the course of our lives by the true North Star of Jesus Christ. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us looking to Jesus. Jesus. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Now, how do we do this? What does it actually look like to to run the race of this life looking to the North Star of Jesus? Well, let me start with what it isn't. For you see, a man can be a regular churchgoer and still be following magnetic north. A man can strive to live a moral life and do good deeds and try to help people and yet still be following magnetic north. A man can read the great creeds of the church and say with gusto, yes, I'm all for that, and still have the compass of his life leading him in the direction of magnetic north. But if you want to set the course of your life in the direction of true north, in the direction of Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, then friends, it will require you to make Jesus the Lord and guiding principle of every aspect of your life. Twice a year, we offer our Foundations class, and as the name implies, it's a class that covers the foundations of our Christian belief. It's it's a little bit like a, a gym class for this race that we're talking about this morning. And in my humble opinion, by far the best class in the series is the last class. And that's the class when we invite our brother George Green in to come and share just a little bit of his story. And what makes that class the best class, among other things, is the fact that God uses it to open people's eyes so that they can begin to catch a vision for how to make Jesus the North Star of their lives. And here's how it happens. George shares how God began to call him. God began to call him to use his training as a chemical engineer to serve him through through his vocation. And ultimately, that led to the founding of Water Mission International. Well, invariably, when George is done sharing that story, you you can see the light bulbs begin to go off in people's minds. All of a sudden, they begin to understand that running this race by looking to Jesus, it, it means looking to Jesus in every aspect of their lives, including their vocation. They say... Wait, I'm I'm a business owner, like George was a business owner. I I, I should be looking to Jesus for for ways that that, that I I, I could hear his call on my business. How do I do that? Or or I'm a doctor. I should be looking to Jesus for ways to, to minister to my patients. How do I do that? Or I'm a school teacher. I should be looking to Jesus for ways to minister to and care for my students. How might I do that? They catch a vision for making Jesus the North Star of every aspect of their lives, and it's wonderful. They begin to see that God wants to speak to them directly, to guide them and show them how to order all of their life in the direction of true North. Friends, we are all running a race, but the difference between running the rat race and the right race It depends on what your aim is, magnetic north or true north. Magnetic north, I want to advance in my career. True north, I want to learn how to hear from Jesus as to how I can use my vocation to serve him and bless people. Magnetic north, I want my kids to get the best education so that they can get the best job. True North, I want to discover what gifts God has given to my children and to teach them how to use those gifts to serve God and bless people. Magnetic North, I want a spouse who completes me. True North, I want to marry someone whom I can learn how to serve like Christ served the church. So that God can mold and fashion both of us into the image of Jesus through our marriage. Friends, this race that has been set before you is a race that requires an enduring focus. You must set the course of your life, your whole life, by looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. Well, finally, this race has been set before you. It it, it is a race that requires an openness to the father's discipline. The author to the Hebrews actually is quoting Proverbs when he explains it this way. Listen to what he says. He says, My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when you are reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. Now, nobody likes to be disciplined. (laughs) Right now, at this moment, all across the country, in every service academy, Air Force Academy, Naval Academy, etc., in every ROTC program, just up the road at the Citadel, further up the road at the basic school in Quantico, At this very moment, there are men and women who are being disciplined through training, through exertion, through challenge, by being brought to what must feel like the breaking point. I can't even imagine. And why? So that they might be fit for service. So that when they face the trials of their mission, they will be ready. Now, do they like it? No. I've never met anyone who enjoys eating mud or getting yelled at by a drill sergeant, have you? And yet, to a person, do they like the results? Yes, they do. And so do we. You know, every time you see a serviceman who is fit, trained, and ready for action, I don't know about you, but it makes me try to stand a little bit taller. Well, the same is true spiritually. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Friends, the Lord will discipline you, both in terms of allowing you to face trials to make you stronger and more resilient, but also, yes, He will discipline you when you stray from His path, when you wander off course and and move once again, from true north towards magnetic north. The Lord will discipline you, and it's because He loves you. In fact, if you have not sensed the presence of God's discipline in your life, if there have not been challenges and struggles, then there's a sense in which you kind of have to wonder if what the author of the Hebrews says uh, might apply to you when he said, if you are left without discipline, that, that, that is, if you aren't facing any challenges or difficulties or trials... In which all of us have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. In other words, God's discipline is a sign that you matter to Him. You are His sons, you are His daughters. The Lord disciplines those whom He loves. So this race that has been set before you is a race during which you will be subject to the Father's loving discipline. Now, it doesn't mean we have to like it when it's happening. God does not call us to walk around with pasted-on smiles and say everything's fine when it's not fine. That's not what we're called to do at all. But as Christians, we know that it's part of the race that we're on. We can expect it. And when it comes, we can trust that God can and will use every trial to bring about his good purposes and to strengthen us and equip us. Friends, if you are in the midst of some great difficulty right now, I want to encourage you, as I did a moment ago, I want to encourage you to lean on your Christian brothers and sisters and call on them to pray with you and for you. That the Holy Spirit might, as the author of Hebrews put it, lift up your drooping hands, strengthen your weak knees, and make straight paths for your feet, so that what is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather healed. The race that has been set before you is a race that will require an openness to the discipline of the Lord, the loving discipline of the Father. When I was a kid, I dreaded running the mile. But then along the way, something changed. A dear friend of mine convinced me to buy some tennis shoes, and she encouraged me to start running through the nausea and the embarrassment and the exhaustion and the frustration. And I've been running ever since. And while it isn't ever ever easy, I do love to run. That's what can happen in the spiritual life when you discover that God has set you on a race, a race of discipline and spiritual growth, on a path of meaning and purpose, leading to a finish line of victory and joy. Friends, open your hearts to the Holy Spirit of God, for He wants to empower each of us to lay aside every sin which clings so closely, to set our gaze on the true North Star of Jesus Christ, and to bear up as we receive God's loving discipline so that we might run this race and run it faithfully all the way to the end. Let's pray. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Come, we pray. And grant us the strength that we do not have, the strength to lay aside every sin which clings so closely. Draw close to those of us here this morning, Lord God, who are struggling with a besetting sin and set us free. Come, Holy Spirit, and come. Come and set the gaze of our hearts, the the, the direction of our lives in the direction of the true North Star of Jesus Christ. Come, Holy Spirit, come and come Holy Spirit we pray to bear us up to be with us to strengthen us for those moments when we walk through the trials the loving discipline of our Father that we might come through by your endurance by your strength to the very end come Holy Spirit come for we ask these things in the precious and powerful name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.